got our turkey. And some of us are out shopping like lunatics and need psychiatric attention. Uh, please don't run anybody over in your Walmart this, year. Walmart this year. It's just a stupid Xbox or PS5 or whatever it is you think you need. You don't need it. Please don't murder anybody. Uh, PSAs aside, this is the New York Giants Sideliner Podcast. I'm Anthony Beers. This is the weekly breakdown of the New York Giants this year. Uh, and obviously today is Black Friday, November 26th. We are a few days removed from the debacle in Tampa, the 30-10 embarrassing loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where we just top to bottom got absolutely humiliated. Uh, and quickly after that, literally the next day, uh, the Giants, quite early, I think it was pretty early in the morning, just told Jason Garrett, Psh, you're gone, nice knowing you, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out, yada, yada, yada. So many Giants fans are celebrating this, many Giants fans are relieved, many Giants fans are, you know, concerned because, you know, obviously here we are, 3-7, and seven, firing people, another lost year, things heading downwards, 9 out of the last 10 years of crap, We've had coaches come in. We've had coaches come out. We've had coordinators come in. We've had coordinators come out. We're about to get a, our third new GM of the decade. And I like to quote Joe Judge on this one. The fish stinks from the head down. Now, in this case, we're talking about ownership. We're talking about Marin Tish. We're talking about the sons of great owners trying to figure it out and not having any success. But to me, this loss in Tampa is is an embarrassment to the entire coaching staff, more so than the players, because you had ample amount of time. The Giants played the Raiders and won on Sunday, November 7th. They did not have a football game until Monday, November 22nd. You probably could have looked at their game plan for the Raiders and looked at their game plan for... The defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are coming off of two losses, where Tom Brady has not lost three straight losses in over 20 years. And still, our game plans were pretty much identical to one another. I don't want to bomb on Patrick Graham. I know he's been a little bit of a successful coordinator here, but his strategy is excruciating. Let's just back everybody up. Seven yards, eight yards, nine yards, off the ball. Give them everything. And if you're a quarterback and you're looking to improve your completion percentage, get some easy catches underneath, play the Giants because they are giving it to you. It's not you can't even say they're bad when they're vol they're not they're bad at this when they're voluntarily giving you the catches underneath and allowing tons of yak. Uh and basically you might as well I, I said this to Michael Zona. I was like, you might as well just send the goal line unit out there in the red zone and give them the 80 yards when when they decide to start on the 20 or whatever. Just just give them the field because that's our strategy. Ben, 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 don't break. Unless, of course, you're playing Tom Brady and he actually knows what to do in the red zone. Then you're just going to get roasted. Uh, I'm pretty sure we saw that this Giants defense double Cameron Brait in the end zone and not Mike Evans. They're most you – know, I, I play fantasy football. I have Mike Evans. I know for a fact he's a red zone go-to guy. For Tom Brady, so I don't understand why we would choose to double uh, a backup tight end over Mike Evans. But hey, it was probably a miscommunication, probably a mistake. But that falls on the coaching, falls on the players. Another bad moment. But even more embarrassing, our offense. Now let me let me ask Giants fans this one before we get to yeah, we'll talk about Jason Garrett, yada yada yada. He's conservative, blah blah blah. We'll get there. 
But let me ask you this. Who is this Giants offense built around? Think about it. Think about it long and hard. Who is the focal point of the Giants offense? Is it Saquon Barkley? That hasn't really been the case for many years now. Between injuries, between lack of running game, between uh, just getting overall smoked in these games and not really having an opportunity to get your running back going. Uh, Barkley has not been the go-to guy. And for a second overall draft pick, that's, you know, that's an issue, obviously. Is it Daniel Jones? You know, six overall draft pick, an investment there. Uh, everybody that likes Jones tends to make excuses around him, tends to say that, hey, the offensive line can't block a soul, or receivers are always banged up, or running game sucks, or Jason Garrett is the worst. And even though all those things very well may be true, Jones has not gotten it done. It has been hard. I don't know if it's his, entirely his fault. I don't even want to guess. But the reality is that he hasn't. The reality is that the best case scenario, he's been pretty average, but we've continued to lose. Is this built around our receivers? Is this built around Kenny Galladay, who we just threw a ton of money at for four years? He has less catches than you know a lot of these receivers in the NFL that got one-year deals. Like Emmanuel Sanders, A.J. Green. They have had better seasons than Kenny Galladay. That is... And that is on the Giants. That is on Jason Garrett to me. Because Kenny Galladay, you know who he is. He's able to catch the football. Throw him the football. Is it? What about Kadarius Toney? We have this shifty first-round draft pick from this year. Another high investment of a player. He clearly has unbelievable athletic ability. Are, are we building around him? We, we have a hard enough time getting him the ball. So when you have all these weapons, you got to at least have one focal point of a game plan. We, yeah, we're going to go into this game. We're going to run the ball. We're going to... We're gonna air it out. We're gonna we're gonna get Galladay involved. What? How many? I don't know how many targets Galladay had in this game, but it was pathetic. This entire game was pathetic from top to bottom. Firing Jason Garrett is just a cookie that we've been thrown. Okay, if you think Freddie Kitchens is gonna waltz in there and light everything on fire and make the offense great again, I got I you know he might be better than Garrett. I I'm interested to see him possibly get. Tony involved, but come on. To expect the entire thing to be fixed right away is silly. And I and a lot of people have a hard time with Garrett. Cowboy fans had Jason Garrett as their head coach. And when the Giants hired Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator last year, they didn't seem mad. That's how you know that <laughs> you might have made a mistake. Because if they knew that this was going to be a, oh, let's get back at the Cowboys type of thing, they would have been mad. I didn't hear any Cowboys fans complain. I think they said, good luck. <laughs> Have fun. Enjoy your reverse end arounds. Enjoy your third and seven wildcat rushes. Biggest problem I had with Jason Garrett was he was more concerned about the clock than he was the score. It was infuriating. He was always thinking, how can I slow this game down and make it as boring as possible? And he never, never, Scored over 30 points between last year and this year. It's abysmal, the offense. This year, week one, 13. Week two was probably our best performance, but we screwed up the field goal, 29 points. Week three, only 14 points against the Falcons. Week four, took us overtime to score 27 points against New Orleans. Week five, only 20 points against Dallas Jones got hurt. Week six, even worse, 11 points against Los Angeles. Carolina somehow scored 25 uh, with some trickery. I don't even know what happened in that game. Week 8, 
only 17 points. Week 9, uh, you know, a nice win against Oakland. I'm sorry, Las Vegas. Nice win against Las Vegas. 23 points only, though. Defense won that game. And then you go into Tampa, and you got to... I mean, let's, let's put it this way. The Giants faced the two top teams in the NFC this year already, or arguably the two top teams in the NFC in L.A. and Tampa. In L.A., we gave up 38 points. We scored 11. And that was at home. Uh, in Tampa... We gave up 30 points. We scored 10. So that's where the Giants stack up against the toughest competition. Wake up. Smell the coffee. We have not been a good football team for a very long time. I mean, I see people drinking the Kool-Aid every week. I just can't take it anymore. All right? And I'm never this negative. I'm never this dark. But to be 3-6 and six, heading into a matchup against one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time who has not lost three in a row and is, you know, in jeopardy of doing that if he loses to the Giants and thinking that we could somehow go 4-6 and six and get right back into the picture of our, you know, weird division. Uh, no. <laughs> no. We are in the process of ripping things down. We all know Dave Gettleman is going to be fired, so I don't even know why he's here right now. Why is he wasting our time? Start the search now. Show that you care. Don't just do this professional BS. This is the problem, okay? Apparently... Giants fans were, I mean, apparently the Giants organization was on the fence about bringing back Garrett this year. Well, it's 11 games too late now. Maybe it would have been better for somebody. They, they, they simply didn't want Daniel Jones to have his third offensive coordinator in three years, which, yeah, that'd be a bad reflection on the organization. But as a result, they accepted mediocrity. They accepted this extremely over-conservative, boring game plan. This is like a high school approach, okay? Now, in fairness to Garrett, because he's not such a bad guy, okay? He was a quarterback for the Giants back in the day. Has a little bit of history here. He'll be known as a Cowboy guy, whatever, okay? But he was brought here to bring back Daniel, bring down Daniel Jones' turnovers. Because if you recall two years ago, Jones had a lot of explosive upside, but with the interceptions and the fumbles, it was it was a knock. So he came in here to try and fix that. And to an extent, he did. The turnovers went down. The fumbling got a little bit better. Uh, you know, and he is clearly more conscientious about making risky decisions. But he's also so scared that we're not scoring points. So that, to me, falls on the Giants. Jason Garrett did essentially what he was hired to do. And we just didn't didn't get it done. I mean, I'm looking at Jones's uh, passing yards week in and week out. He scored, he threw 402 passing yards at New Orleans. Other than that, he hasn't thrown over 300 yards in any of his games this year. Yeah, he's got a rushing impact, but you know we're not getting the yards. We're not getting the points. And even though I, be- I believe in my heart that we have these good players, I believe that we can win with these players. Uh, the offensive coordinator's change I don't think is going to be like a sudden night and day flip. Maybe something weird happens because it's Philly. Weird things always happen against Philly. But I am not that optimistic going into this matchup, okay? And everything everybody was so positive about on defense that we were supposed to be this this uh, coverage, in, this insane coverage type of uh, defense, sit and read, you know, the 3-4, the, the, the sacks could come from Leonard Williams and Quincy Roche. We haven't seen it. We're not getting to the quarterback. Tom Brady literally was not touched. And, and people say that, like, you know, as an exaggeration, he absolutely was not touched in this Monday Night Football game. And I don't understand how Patrick Graham and the Giants and Joe Judge and anybody 
Who knows who we are? Who who are we? We are the New York Giants. We are the franchise that somehow dethroned Tom Brady twice. We are the only ones, other than the silly Eagles, who got lucky in that high-scoring shootout to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. To do it twice is almost impossible. And how did we do it? You hit Tom Brady with a four-man rush. You don't do crazy extravagant blitzes. You keep the coverage tight. You keep it simple. You don't make changes. Don't give him an opportunity to read something. Keep your defense aggressive and simple. Don't rush three and drop back everybody in zone. And don't play man because Tom Brady will cook you in man. So the 4-3 approach in our previous Super Bowls, honestly, a lot of it had to do with our impressive defensive line play that they just won their matchups. They were able to wreak havoc on Tom Brady. I get that. So maybe that's asking a lot. But how is that not the same approach to beat Tom Brady now? Do you really think you're going to suddenly fool him by rushing two, three guys, dropping everybody back, and letting them sit there 10 days to try and figure out a throw? He, You even let Tom Brady scramble for a first down. I, I haven't seen him do that since he was in his 30s. So the defense should be... I mean, we're all talking about Jason Garrett in the offense. The defense should be just as embarrassed. The defense should be humiliated. And Patrick Graham has not done a good job. Okay? We are not some top-tier defense with no offense. We are not some great defense that is, uh, you know, had a couple of bad games. We have struggled. We are, we, you know, we, maybe you thought, hey, only three points against Carolina. Hey, only 17 points against Kansas City. But what about Dallas and Los Angeles and Tampa Bay? And what about Washington and Denver? There are numerous games this year where the Giants have just been absolutely smoked on the defensive side of the ball, and there's no excuse for it. Patrick Graham is not some genius. He's not, I don't think he's our future head coach. Uh, and, you know, that's all i got to say about the defense. Yes, we've had a lot of injuries. Blake Martinez was a huge problem. Jabril Preppers was a huge problem. And on offense, you can say the same thing. Nick Gates was a huge problem. Shane Lemieux was a huge problem. Andrew Thomas only just coming back. Huge problem. But you know what? All these teams have these injuries. This all comes down to coaching. This all comes down to management. This all comes down to how you respond to the adversity that every team goes through in the NFL. I mean, look at the Raiders. They, 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 they you know, they obviously lost to us, and they have the sky is falling. They lost their head coach. They lost their receiver to some crazy tragedy that should have never happened. They're still out there beating Dallas on Thanksgiving because they don't quit. Next man up mentality. That's how it has to be in football. And if you can't handle it, you can't do it. That means you're accepting mediocrity. You're accepting defeat. And that has been the problem with the Giants 9 in the last 10 years. And it's a reflection of the ownership. How do you not say you're accepting mediocrity if you continue to give poor coaches and poor offensive coordinators multiple chances? The, fa the fact that it was flat out admitted that the Giants didn't want to keep Jason Garrett but felt that it was a bad idea to give Jones a third offensive coordinator... That's that's everything that's wrong. You don't keep bad player, bad coaches. You don't keep bad players. You don't keep bad things. You don't have to. This is the pros. You either make it or you don't. And if you can't handle it, you get out. That's it. It's frustrating. And now I want to talk about Joe Judge. It's hard to just similarly to how it's hard to evaluate Jones. Like everybody says, is Jones good? Is Jones bad? I'm in the middle. I said before he's average simply because we can't really evaluate. The team's been so bad. The coaching's been so bad. 
sometimes he makes hideous throws. Sometimes he makes good throws. I'm down the middle. I'm 50-50. We haven't seen the win, so I can't tell you I love the guy. But obviously, I think he's capable of winning in an atmosphere that isn't this stupid. That's my take on Jones. But in, until then, I'm telling you, he's in the middle. He's an average quarterback, okay? I don't think there's anyone they can replace him with that could be better right away. So he's our quarterback next year. Done and done with Jones, okay? But let's talk about Joe Judge, who, yeah, I get it. He's a special teams guy. He's not exactly here to work on the offense and the defense. So the issues with the offense and the defense fall more on the coordinators than they do him. So that might give him an opportunity to have some new coordinators and remain the head coach. He might. But as head coach, do you have any say in the game plan? Are you able to to say, you know what, let's change something here, guys? Let's not true treat the Raiders the same way we treated the Bucks. Can we try something different? Can we get after the quarterback on defense a little bit? Hit him once or twice, please. Now, I don't know what's involved in the de- in all that, but I know the few promises that Judge made, and Judge made a promise that we'd be a disciplined, hard-nosed football team. A, a-, a football team, our area, our-, our-, our fan base, the local community would be proud of. These are his exact words. None of that is true. We are not disciplined. We make stupid mistakes. We've lost games on penalties and mental errors. We could have started this season 3-1 and one, had it not been for shooting ourselves in the foot stupidly. We could have beat Kansas City. That's a good football team we could have beat. We crapped the bed on that with stupid decisions. It is it all that is all a reflection of coaching. That is all a reflection of Joe Judge. And it's and it's probably because he's nervous and knows we stink. And there's not much he can do about it. So I was a judge guy in the past. I would say, oh, a lot of people say give him another chance. I, I don't see what we're doing. I don't see what the point is in giving him another chance. Okay? You want to reestablish the identity of this football team, do, go all in. If you're losing a GM and you're bringing in a new GM and you just say, oh, just so you know, we have this head coach, uh, Joe Judge. Has he won anything? No. How long has he been here? Two years. Okay. Well, if he's won nothing, he's been here two years and I'm the new GM, why can't I bring in my guy? So we're immediately going to have a problem. I can almost guarantee it. I think the Giants are going to go after Lewis Riddick. He's so obviously lobbying for the job on the, announce, on the games that he announces on Monday Night Football. Even though I mostly watch the Manning cast, I still tune into some of the clips. It's clear. He is lobbying for the Giants coaching job. He was t- saying nothing but good things about the players, how you could build around them, yada, yada, yada. He was seen with John Mary in Kansas City. He wants the job. And I think they're going to give it to him. But the reality is, when you bring in a new GM, they want to bring in their new coach. And I could see Mara saying, give Judge one more year. And it's just going to delay the whole thing. I wouldn't do that. I would let the new GM bring in who he wants, however he wants, keep Jones and Barkley because they're not going anywhere in Galladay, and figure out how to get them the damn ball. That's it. Rebuild up front, O-line, D-line, and get a coach that wants to win. Not, I mean, uh, excuse me. (coughs) Excuse me. Get a coach that not only wants to win, but shows it in their approach and goes, throws the ball for more than 15 yards in the course of an entire game against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Show me an offense that wants to score points at the end of the half and not just, you know, not decide on what they want to do. For example, in that second quarter against Tampa Bay, we had the ball deep in our own zone. We got the ball back. We stopped them. 
down one possession, I think. I believe it was 17-10 or something along those lines. Might It was 10-10, and then it was 17-10, I think, at the end of the half. And, you know, maybe you get a field goal. Maybe make it 17-13. I think we had about a minute left, a couple timeouts, you know, but or maybe a little less. And we could have tried something. But at first, it's like, oh, let's just run the ball. Let's uh, let's just run clock. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, that was a good run. We got yards. We picked it up. Let's call a timeout now. So, no, that just that, that just shows me you don't know what you're doing. You're either running clock or you're trying to score points. And it shows me that they were somewhere in between, and they had no idea what they were doing. That is a reflection of Judge. That is a reflection of this staff. And as a, if you are one of those Giants fans that think, oh, we can turn this around. We just haven't had any luck. I'm sorry. This is a poorly managed organization from the head down. The fish stinks from the head down. And Jason Garrett, hello, goodbye. As quickly as you came here, you are gone. And I, you know something? I don't know why we're waiting with everybody else. Gettleman had more fireable offenses than than Jason Garrett did by a long shot, and yet he's still here. Drives me nuts. Drives me absolutely nuts. But we're professional, right? The Giants are this classy, professional organization, right? Well, if classy and professionalism means accepting mediocrity, then that's what we are. For a decade now. Fix it, John Mara. It could start with a nice win against our rivals in Philadelphia. Show us something. That's all I got to say. I'm ticked off. That all being said, it's officially the holiday season. Don't let your emotions get the best of you when it comes to silly things like football. Hold your family close. Enjoy your company. Uh, enjoy this time of year. It's a crazy time of year uh, with consumerism and capitalism all over you in the face. Buy this, buy that, get people this. Don't focus on that. Focus on keeping your loved ones close and enjoying this time of year. Even if we uh, get, you know, so if you're playing Philly and you, you find that, you know, we're doing stupid things and your blood is boiling and you can't understand why we're doing it, which is inevitable if you watch the game, just remember, just remember, you're capable of overcoming these emotions. You can do it, Giants fans. We can do this. We can get through this. Another rough year. We will get better. It will get better. Hopefully soon. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.